Good morning to everyone. Welcome to God's house this morning as we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As we think of that Pentecost, as we think of that Holy Spirit, that fire that's in our hearts, may we be ready to serve our Lord. We join together with giving him that praise with our first hymn, Let All Things Now Live. Let us please rise. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. 
God invites us to come into his presence and worship him with humble and penitent hearts. Therefore, let's acknowledge our sinfulness and ask him to forgive us. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am my nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a call to Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins, name the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all that we need in life and for the wisdom to use all your gifts with gratitude and joy, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the steadfast assurance that nothing can separate us from your love, and for the courage to stand firm against the assaults of Satan and every evil, hear our prayer, O Christ. Christ have mercy. For the well-being of your holy church and all the world, for those who offer here in their worship and praise, hear our prayer, O Lord. Merciful God, maker and preserve of life, uphold us by your power and keep us in your tender care. Amen. The works of the Lord are great and glorious. His name is worthy of praise. Holy Spirit, God and Lord, come to us this joyful day with your sevenfold gift of grace. Rekindle in our hearts the holy fire of your love, that in a true and living faith we may tell abroad the glory of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Father, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. 
Our lesson for this morning is recorded in Genesis chapter 11. It's the Tower of Babel. And we realize then because of the many different languages, what a hindrance that does give us in sharing the good news of our Savior. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with our singing of our psalm, Psalm 51.
Our gospel lesson for this morning is recorded in John chapter 15. And here again we see that promise of when that Holy Spirit was sent, that fear and being timid in our lives is removed. And may we share that glorious news about our Savior. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of our Lord.
Grace to and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is the Pentecost lesson recorded in Acts chapter 2. Dear friends in Christ, generally people want change, don't they, and to improve things? I mean, after all, our airwaves are filled with commercials about the latest fad diets, the exercise equipment to buy this to, to change the way you look. Or we hear commercials claiming again, if you use our product, you'll look younger. You'll change again your appearance. We want change, don't we? We want to improve our position in life, don't we? And after all, that's why we go to school. We go to school to learn, to grow in our knowledge. We go to conferences and seminars, again, to learn more. We're constantly reading, reading again to make sure that we're up to date with everything in our occupation, or just to, to get that knowledge to improve, to change ourselves. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would that be? Would you change something about your appearance? Would you change your occupation? What would you change if you could change just, just one thing? Well, we realize God also likes change. And the Pentecost lesson is a fine example of that change that, that God wanted. A change for his disciples and a change for over 3,000 people for that one day. But do you realize that God still wants change? God still wants change in our lives. He wants to change us. But again, how does, how does he do it? And why does he want to change us? I mean, after all, I don't think we're so bad. Why, why does he want to change us? Well, as we take a look at God's word this morning, we're going to see that, to see the way God, God does it. As we take a look at the Pentecost lesson and, and see that Pentecost can be summed up in one word. You know this lesson quite well. You know what's taken place. Think of the change that took place with the disciples. I mean, after all, though, the disciples, they were believers in Christ. They knew the way to heaven. They were with Jesus from the beginning, so um, they, they should have known about Jesus. But yet, when you take a look at the disciples, they were still confused, weren't they? Even on the day of Christ's ascension, they would ask Jesus, Is this the day, Lord? Is this the day that you're going to restore Israel to its glory, or... Is this the day your kingdom's going to be coming into this world? They were confused, even though they were with Jesus for those three years. And being confused, they were just a little timid. A little timid to share that news about that Satan. But God would change all that. We know this lesson. And after all, when we think of Pentecost, we can almost just hear that, that rustling of that wind. We think of the tongues of fire that were, 
over the heads of the disciples. We think the way the disciples could speak a, a foreign language that they never learned before. They were changed. But take a look at also how they were changed. Here's Peter who gets up and confidently preaches a sermon. Peter, who what, just almost two months previously stood up one night and in a courtyard denied his Savior three times. Yet now he's standing up, preaching to these people, preaching to them, telling them again, well, no, they're not drunk. It's still early in the morning. We haven't been drinking wine. And then he goes into that explanation again of the way the Israelites put Jesus to death, the way Jesus rose from the dead. He preaches with all boldness and confidence, ready to share his faith. That's a change. That's a change that took place with not only Peter, but with all the disciples. But I think there was another change that took place that day that was more drastic than the change that took place in the disciples. And that was that 3,000 people were brought to faith that day. Think about that. 3,000 people brought to faith. 3,000 people who did not know about Jesus, did not know about that way to heaven, were brought to faith. We may start to question, how can this take place? How, How can so many be brought to faith? Well, you have to remember, they were celebrating the festival of the Pentecost. This was one of the festivals that they had to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So the streets were filled. So there was a large crowd. Pentecost was that festival. It was more of an agriculture festival. It took place 50 days after the Passover. And it maybe can be paralleled to more like our Thanksgiving. Pentecost was a celebration of thanks to God. Thanks for the crops that you've given us. Thank you again for that harvest. So so the streets were filled. But 3,000 people heard that message of salvation and were changed, were brought to faith. Pentecost can be summarized up in one word, change. Pentecost changed the disciples. Pentecost changed again those 3,000 people that day. But Pentecost can also still change us, can't it? Pentecost still changes us. And God wants that change. But now we may start to think, come on, I'm a Christian. I don't need to know more about my Savior. I I don't need this. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm better than my neighbor. I'm better than this person at school or, or at work. But God still expects change, doesn't he? Because when we take a look at ourselves, we see that sinful nature. We see that maybe, yeah, we do have sinful habits that raises its ugly head each and every day. Maybe there's that selfishness in my heart that just doesn't seem to go away. Maybe I think again of myself of 
yeah, I, I know scripture, but I'm still a little confused. I'm still a little confused about how this all takes place. I'm confused about how can the true body and blood of my Savior be in the Lord's Supper. I may feel a little confused. That leads me again to be timid like the disciples. Then maybe I don't want to share my faith. I'm not confident enough to, to share my faith with my neighbor or even with some of my relatives. Now, God wants to change all that because I, I think of how many people are out in this world that, that still don't know about a Savior. How many of them don't know that, that way to heaven? Now, God has changed us, hasn't he? We can't change ourselves. We can never fix what's broken. I mean, it would almost be like um, if our car has some mechanical problem. We sit there and say, I don't need a mechanic. I'll just become a better driver. I'll just be a better driver and my car will work fine. It doesn't work that way. That sinful nature is still part of us. But God has changed us, hasn't he? Changed us to be members of his kingdom. Oh, on that Pentecost day, it was a miracle that took place. Tons of fire that were over the disciples. The people that came from all over the world to hear that message of a Savior in their own language. That was a miracle. It was only a one-time event of that pouring out of that Holy Spirit. But God still comes to us in a very special way. Quietly, through his word, he comes, doesn't he? often haven't we witnessed that? As we witness that, as we stand here by the baptismal font, it's just simple water. But it's connected with God's word. We see that change of even infants. With that washing away of their sins and that faith being brought into their hearts and being a child of God. Don't we see it as we come to the Lord's Supper quietly it's again just bread and wine but quietly through that, that word of God we remember what he's done for us he sent that savior for us who willingly died for us and, and in this bread and wine is the very body and blood of my Lord my savior and I hear I have that forgiveness of sins the strengthening of my faith do you want to become less confused about Scripture? Do you want to become less timid and maybe remove that fear and, and maybe to, to share your faith more confidently and more naturally? It's done every time you open up your Bible. It's done quietly through that word, through the sermons, through the listening of our lessons that we have, through the singing of our gifts. What a change has taken place. That same Holy Spirit that was poured out on that Pentecost enlightens us, calls us through that gospel of again what Christ has done for us. It opens up our eyes daily to being that child of God. As you know, 
the color for Pentecost is red. I mean, you know the symbolism of red. Red symbolizes, again, the, the blood of Jesus, that blood that was poured out for us on the cross that covers our sins. Red symbolizes that fire, that tongues of fire that, that were over the disciples' head. Those tongues of fire that living inside are our hearts. If you had to pick any color for Pentecost, red is that color to pick. Red is that color. Because we're reminded of that working, that working of that Holy Spirit in our hearts, that working that takes place, the flames that are rekindled as we listen to that word. God has changed you. There's a fire burning in your hearts. Enjoy that. Enjoy that change that God has given us as we live in that Pentecost message that we've been changed to be heirs of his kingdom. And may that fire burn in our hearts as we take that message out, out into the world for those that don't know about a Savior yet. Those flames are being again fanned by that Holy Spirit. May he use us. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen. May the peace of God surpass all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us please rise and join together with the whole Christian church on earth as we confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God. As we return, our first fruits to our Lord has given us all things. The guest books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those as this pass back to the center gives you a chance to greet your neighbor and our Lord and Savior.
Let us please rise for our prayers. This pleased Almighty God to summon to himself the soul of Jerry Raditz, who died this past Tuesday afternoon. Services visitation will take place this afternoon at Conrad Bellman's West Side Chapel from 1 to 4 with the service of life beginning at 4 p.m. this afternoon. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with Jerry Raditz's family at this time of need. May their tears of sadness be turned to tears of joy as they celebrate the victory that you've given Jerry. You've made him one of, his, of your own through holy baptism. You strengthened him through his life, through word and sacrament. May they look forward to that day of the resurrection of the dead where we will be reunited with our loved ones and to sit at your heavenly throne for that banquet that you prepared for us. Be with them and all of us in knowing that you are walking with us. And may we always be prepared for that end time. Heavenly Father, as we think again of today of the Pentecost, may the, again that Holy Spirit be in our hearts. May it fan that flames of fire in our hearts, that again we may go out with your word. So many do not know about that Savior. Use us as individuals and as a congregation, that we may share that glorious news. And especially on this weekend again, as you've just assigned 61 teachers to fill the classrooms of our synod as you're about to send out future pastors this coming week. We ask you to be with those called workers. Give them that strength too that they may boldly share their word, the word of our Savior in their classrooms and from the pulpits. We also ask you to be with those churches who have not received those called workers. As many of our classrooms remain empty, as many of the pulpits remain empty, be with us all as we pray again that you may send out workers in that field that's waiting for us. And use us as congregations that we may work together to share that news of the Savior. All this we ask in his name who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. The Lord be with you. Lift up our hearts. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In love, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. By the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, He empowered His church to be witnesses of Christ to the ends of the earth. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and thanks and honor and glory forever and ever.
Our Lord Jesus Christ, the night that he was betrayed, took bread. When given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood, the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. With all things being prepared for the Lord's Supper, you'll be ushered up through the center aisles. You'll receive the elements. Dispose of the cups and the baskets as return to your chairs on the side aisle.
Having heard the word and received the body and blood of our Lord and Savior in the sacrament, let us please rise and continue our praise and singing, Thank the Lord. the prayer of people, Lord, that the lips which have praised you here may glorify in the world, that the eyes which have seen the coming of your Son may long for his coming again, that all who receive in his true body and blood the pledge of your forgiveness may be restored to live a new and holy life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace, live in harmony with one another, and serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. couple quick announcements. The welcoming for the new members will take place in the conference room, uh, which is out into the fellowship area and to your right. Uh, the youth, we are going to be meeting in room 101 uh, to do the planning for the service for June 23rd and 25th. Way scanning the congregation, looks like that room may be a little bit too small. If it's too small, just bring them back in the worship area. But you truly have a blessed week and May that fear of not being confused with God's word be removed as that Holy Spirit opens up our eyes each day. And may we be ready to share that glorious news about our Savior. We'll close our service the singing of our last hymn. 